0: The following podcast is a Rotten Corps
1: radio production. With the Sci Files, and today we have Ryan, who is our producer as well on the show. I'm sorry, Danny and Jamie cannot be with us today, and we're going to talk about general sci-fi, which is something I don't think we've done yet. If that is not very much mistaken, correct?
0: Pretty much, yeah. Everything we've done so up until now has been like pretty much like uh, subject-based. So. Subject based, yeah. yeah, and we used to do these in the horror podcast all the time. Like uh, when we first
1: general started, horror.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. We would um, we would start off with like news, and then we would we would go into like uh, just rando shit, you know, whatever we're into, and just kind of start talking about something. And I mean, the core sub, the core episode would have a subject in you know embedded in it, but it wouldn't be about sure. anything specific and.
1: Well, news-wise, there is a lot of new sci-fi coming, actually, both in the theaters and on TV and on uh, stream, I mean, for that matter. Star Trek Discovery, The Orville uh, are coming to TV and stream, and then uh, Netflix is bringing a couple sci-fi shows in, uh, along with their, uh, their comic book stuff that they're bringing in, too. So there's a lot of... A lot of interesting stuff coming out, and it's like it's going to be going to be very cool and somewhat.
0: Uh, oh yeah. Somewhat
1: yeah. trepidatious to see how they do because there's some potential for some really good stuff and some potential for some really bad stuff to come out.
0: Oh yeah. Um, like I don't know if it's out now or if it's going to be coming out soon, but uh, I want to think it's out now. Uh, Ghost in the Shell. Uh, finally, getting released on VOD and
1: yeah, it is. You can actually get it on demand now, which too, is so, as well.
0: Yeah, which is so good because, like, uh, I'll probably be hitting iTunes and buying it just because it's one of those few films that when we saw when it saw it in the theater, it was like, yeah, I mean, I knew what to expect, kinda, because like I wasn't like as into it as like you or Jamie. Um, yeah. But it was like. I'd seen like one of the movies, and I'd seen uh, a little bit of the original series. And the only thing I was super disappointed about is that Scarlett Johansson didn't look more naked. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, in anything that she's in, you want her to be more naked. I mean, yeah. that's just the male perspective, and a few female perspectives that I know about as well. I yeah. <laughs>
0: And the art design they had for her body though was cool enough, you know. I mean, yes. I mean,
1: the the whole the whole concept art and the the way that they actually put it together uh was very cool. I even got to see uh, Adam Savage do a quick little um uh a quick, well, not so much quick, but a, a little show on Scarlett Johansson's outfit for Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. And they had a her uh, I guess a, a stunt double or body double doing the modeling for it. And I mean, once it's all on, it looks seamless, but yeah. they they pulled it apart for you so you could see how many different pieces it was in and it was it was very very cool. Yeah,
0: and the attention to the detail too on the on the yeah. way they did the whole movie and it's like I know a lot of fans, especially like fans of uh, or people who are not a fan of mainstream Hollywood, they're going to look at this film, and the first thing they're going to say is, "Why didn't a Japanese actress get casted, you know, as Major?" And that was
1: a huge thing oh, all over big the web time.
0: Yeah, and it's yeah. and I kind of like Jamie's um, Jamie's thought on that. He actually had said something like, "Like if you watch the anime, she doesn't really look Japanese." No, like, she doesn't because. And... Oh, go ahead.
1: And they never say if her look is Japanese or not. It is yeah. always ambiguous. Oh,
0: yeah. And I and, think that's kind of the way it should always kind of be, you know, like... Yeah. I, I mean, and the thing is, is she kind of represents the look from an anime's perspective anyway. I mean, she's got big eyes. She's, you know, very good-looking, yeah. good everything else. And the, the thing is, that I think people are just kind of under... Or maybe overselling or underselling her, in the sense yeah, that... The,
1: well, they I think they're getting bent out of shape about, you know, a, a nitpicky thing because other characters in the anime are obviously not Asian. Bato. Yeah. He, I mean, he is a big, tall, Nordic, Swedish looking mofo. Yeah. And if somebody comes back and says, No, he he's he's Japanese, I'm gonna be like, uh-huh, right. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's no way that Bato is is uh Japanese.
0: And I know a lot of people dye their hair, but come on, you know.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, right? Yeah. And a couple of the other characters, there there was a black guy in there in yeah. the anime, yeah. Yeah. and there was yeah. a uh, – and one of the other guys, the, he's the one who more often than not did the, uh, the hacking, the big hacking stuff. He yeah. was uh, – he, he didn't look Japanese in the anime. So I, I liked the fact that they turned Section 9 into a multicultural – effect for the real-life show.
0: And I think the other thing that most hardcore fans really have to realize is that they're not making this movie to pull in just the hardcore fans. They're making this movie universal so that Anybody can discover this universe, get into it, and they might even backtrack and go, hey, where did Ghost in the Shell come from? They're going to look it up. They're not just going to see this movie pop up online. They're going to see the anime series, everything else, not to mention Hulu had rolled out uh, the most recent series. Uh, There's like a few other, uh, you know, like a few other movies that are out there on VOD right now that you can check out. And so they've kind of left it very broad and open for the audience. So it's like,
1: yeah. And I I actually did discover a couple of prequel episodes to uh, – prequel movies of Ghost in the Shell when uh, Major was still in the military and working for the government before she started working for Section 9. And I thought those were very cool. It showed how she got involved with Section 9. Huh. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, not all of them were dubbed, so I only watched the three that were. (laughs) So. But I mean, this is this is indicative of a lot of the sci-fi that's coming out that's being based off of either a comic book or a graphic novel like uh, Valerian is, which yeah. was a very good movie as far as I was concerned, with the exception that it had some very unnecessary, or not unnecessary, but had parts in it that could have been cut out because they really didn't do anything to further the story of the movie. They were in there pretty much for I guess to display more of the multicultural aspect of Valerian, which yeah. in in the in the story is kind of a big deal. Uh, in the movie, though, it could have been completely taken out and not taken anything away from the movie at all and, in fact, probably would have gone a long way towards making the movie more money because in the United States it didn't do very well. Yeah, and
0: that's and that's kind of sad, too, when you really look at it because, like, the movie, just from a special effects standpoint, it looks amazing, you know, and, yeah. and I think the one thing they... I mean, and I know they uh, they pointed that out when you know in the previews you know it was created by the guys who you know, who did the yeah. Fifth Element. Yeah. When you look at when the Fifth Element was made, they were using CGI pretty early on in the game uh, when it wasn't really that great looking yet, <laughs> and they were able to make an incredible looking movie just with that. You know, and yeah, they and used the Fifth record.
1: Element was an awesome movie. Yeah. Uh, for my for a while, it was one of my favorites, and it. It's it still holds up today.
0: Yeah. Oh uh, yeah.
1: It, it there there isn't any any lag in that movie as far as I can tell. Um, now,
0: now speaking of a movie like the Fifth Element, at least I think of it as being kind of similar to the Fifth Element, not really storyline wise, but more or less just uh, visual concept wise. Uh, what do you think about the new uh, Blade Runner movie coming out?
1: I'm going to be interested to see that because I've seen the original Blade Runner. Um, and I liked the original Blade Runner, for the most part. I thought it was a little slow for what it was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, but that was that was the culture then, so I uh, I liked it, and how they how they take because they're uh, according to what I've seen so far. They are tying the old movie in with the new movie, so it'll be really interesting to see all of the tie-ins and what they do with Harrison Ford's character and what happened to him and what happened to uh, the replicant that he helped hide yeah. and the whole bit. So it'll be, it will be really interesting.
0: Yeah, and I, and I, I know the um, director's cut kind of leaves a lot of people with, uh, with a light. Of- I don't know like kind of false senses of who Deckard really is um I know one of the ideas that's kind of floating around out there is that you know Deckard's a replicant, which is a cool idea if you think about it because like the that one that he was hiding didn't really even know she was one either, so could you well, imagine he
1: suspected she was, yeah,
0: but she could didn't you, know for sure but but could you imagine that? Like, maybe yeah. through part of Deckard's life after being exposed to this for such a long time, maybe even forgets about the idea or even the concept that he could be one himself, you know? And, yeah. But not sure how that'll go. I mean, obviously, when you see the trailer for this movie, he is aged yeah. incredibly. So he's obviously yeah. not. <laughs> Unless for some reason he seems he's the world's only aging replicant.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, they actually, that was one of the things they introduced in the original Blade Runner was the fact that they had introduced aging into the replicants. Yeah. Because the one that he was... uh, The the gal that he was interviewing, her her lifespan was supposed to be 68 years, and she was supposed to age, if I remember rightly.
0: Yeah. So I'm kind of like... I've always been kind of interested in the work, too, of Philip K. Dick. Yeah. I mean his literary work, aside from his films, or aside from the movies they based on his his books. And, I mean, there is so much out there. I mean, so much. I mean, Scanner Darkly, fucking, um, I mean, Blade Runner, Total Recall, I mean, Minority Report. There's just so many different stories out there. Um, And that kind of always brings me to, like, right now we're kind of in this wave with sci-fi, where if it's not... A dystopic future. It's some kind of uh, some kind of like robotic menace or some kind of like technological yeah. uh, menace that's kind of you know rear in its head. And I kind of wonder when will sci- science fiction kind of relapse back to the '80s, where we- there was a lot of fantasy uh, fiction as well. I mean, Game of Thrones is a big example of that. But when will we see more of it? you know outside of like the lord of the rings and stuff like that because it seems like the the Tolkien uh stories have been the only ones in the most recent years that's been widely told so
1: yeah well that's actually not true um be, but a lot of what you what people don't haven't seen is stuff that didn't make it or was on TV but at such odd hours that most people didn't watch it, and so it was only the fans of the series that watched it and kept it online for even as long as they were. Like there was uh, the Legend of the Seeker series that uh, was put online uh, or put on TV, and you could watch that for a while. They did a whole. Uh, they did Zena uh, and Hercules sparked a whole big session of stuff like War, and they. They made a Beastmaster TV series. They did. A, I remember
0: the Beastmaster series. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: I didn't get into that one. They yeah. did Sinbad. They turned Sinbad into a series, which no, also didn't last. No. Uh, the Seeker one apparently lasted longer than most, and um, there were a couple others that even up into uh, two thousand in the two thousands were still going in the background kind of. Yeah. Time frame.
0: And I think it's kind of a it's kind of a shame really because like you can do a lot with uh different series it's like um, yeah. one I really didn't expect that was going to be any good is that MTV put out the Shinara series uh most recently and I, I was actually kind of surprised I, it's a little cheesy special effects wise but it's storytelling wise it's actually okay
1: I liked it for what it was but I hated it for the fact that I know that it- they totally totally <laughs> did not follow i mean no. they rewrote the books essentially <laughs> they and did yeah i hated it for that <laughs> no, i kinda, absolutely hated it for that
0: i kind of wonder with the george r r martin fans how many of them are just completely pissed off well are they more pissed off at george for not releasing his book in a timely manner so that we can see a new series based on that uh, on that series of stories or the fact that the producers of the show Just kind of went on their own direction.
1: (laughs) Up for Game of Thrones? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I only ever read the first book, and I have not watched the series at all, Mm -hmm. which when I say that, people, like, gasp in my general direction.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was just looking up some stuff about uh, Legend of the Seeker. Yeah, I didn't know that was a Sam Raimi show. Yeah. It's crazy. (laughs) But yeah, I always like I always liked like old like uh like old fantasy films, you know like uh, like I, I like the old Conan Conan series. Um, I really like I liked all the cheesy ones too, like the Twin Barbarian movies and.
1: Yeah. Oh and, yeah. And, and like then there's uh.
0: What's Red. The, Red they're
1: Actually, they're actually going to do a new Conan movie. They're doing they're doing one based off of uh, is it Jason Momoa when he did that conan they're doing uh, a sequel to that one but they're also doing one with arnold schwarzenegger which is supposed to be after he's gained his kingdom and he's on the throne and all of that this is supposed to be him at the end of his life huh so it'll be interesting to see if they actually do do it but that was the big that was a talk it was uh, it's it's been talked about now for a couple of years so i don't know what the status of it
0: is. That'd be kind of interesting, really, or just to see it, like, you know, I mean, when you see, like, Conan and kind of, like, the, you know, at the end of his rope, you know, yeah. like, who are they going to propel forward to kind of keep that series going if they want to continue it? Or, yeah. you know, who will they put out there? I mean, yeah. who knows? Kevin, Kevin Sorbo? I don't know.
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, Probably, that, yeah. was, that was actually something that uh, that I saw... Uh, recently, there was a, a series of fantasy sci-fi movies that were—they're uh, called Mythica—that Kevin Sorbo was in. Oh
0: yeah. And
1: they yeah. were—they were an independent film company did kickstarters to actually make these movies, and they're not bad huh. for what they are. Um, for for being an independent production and not having the big budget production values, yeah. they are still pretty good. And worth the watch, I think.
0: Huh? Yeah, and just, it's
1: like, yeah, I'm just kind of
0: looking up some stuff on it right now. So yeah, it's got a, a
1: lot
0: of a lot of actors I'm not really familiar with. Obviously, Kevin Sorbo sticks out. Oh on yeah. Sore Thumb, but
1: um, Kevin Sorbo is the big one.
0: Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Anybody else in here that I recognize? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's some, but that was
1: that's something that I'm going to be interested in the in in Blade Runner, the new yeah. Blade Runner, is since Blade Runner was made in the early '80s.
0: Yeah,
1: how is the technology of today's movie making? How are they gonna? What are they gonna do with the technology of the movie?
0: Yeah, because I, I know with Blade Runner, it was mostly miniatures, uh, practical effects, uh, simple yeah. lighting tricks. Um, even a lot of like the like the weird signboards and stuff you would see, like the heavy lighting. That was all mm-hmm. like kind of Star Wars inspired in a sense because they just kind of used a lot of the same tricks that George Lucas used. But yeah,
1: so it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. Oh yeah,
0: and I mean, even judging from that trailer they have uh, that they have out for it. It's it's really neat to see that a lot of that world kind of looks similar. Yeah, like it, there's a lot of familiarity to it, but at the same time it looks completely different, you
1: know. <laughs> yep.
0: I think I was just excited cuz like out of all the people they could have picked to be the lead, I was actually really surprised that they picked Ryan Gosling. Um but he's kind of been on a roll with different movies anyway, so it's been kind of neat to see.
1: Well, we'll see. Uh, I mean, you know, I yeah, I mean, there's the, the the actors of today: Ryan Gosling, Jake Gyllenhaal, um, who else? Uh, the guy, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's going to be It, it is going to be entertaining. Yeah, and that's and yeah, and it's the one thing about sci-fi stuff today is that I don't see a lot of I, I, in the in the movies and stuff. I see a lot of fantastical sci-fi concepts that in no way are we going to see in our lifetimes. Yeah, it's As always supposed to it's always the sci-fi of the 60s, 70s and even some of the early 80s is stuff that we have now.
0: Yeah, I know. It's it's kind yeah. of our current and so future. I'm like yeah. I'm
1: kind of I'm kind of, you know, I I understand that the movie technology has evolved so that they can make more fantastical stuff, but I'd still like to see some of the some of the the concepts of things that we might see in our lifetime still come out,
0: oh yeah, no doubt, um especially with um you know with medical technology and
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, anything that isn't sexual related, so I always notice like some of the stuff I see online it's always geared <laughs> towards like sex and everything else. It's like, oh yeah, like the idea, and I wanted to talk about this a little bit or I was hoping uh, it was going to get brought up on the sexual uh, sci-fi episode um but it but I never really it kind of got dabbled with but not really delved into was the idea of the human you know the human mind in relation to sex when it comes to you know mechanical beings you know like uh, like sex yeah. robots and stuff like that kind of going to become like the you know the replacer for the for the real doll you know and they're going to yeah. make well, more There advances was actually
1: to that. a news article out uh last week on this particular subject. Um, there is uh, uh I guess right now there is uh, a couple of the current sex bot manufacturers yeah. are claiming that uh, their products are actually helping humanity, which, you know, the, the, the interviewers are like, oh, okay, really? How is your sex toy helping humanity? And it turns out that um, some of their customers have actually, uh, legal, I guess, in other countries, I guess, legally married their sex bots after their, uh, their real-life partners have passed on. Yeah. And things like that. And I'm like
0: Why not Oh, I know one of the vi- okay, so like one of the videos I was watching the other day, I was watching this big like special on YouTube, um, that was about like robots in general, like interactivity. Yeah. Um and they focused on a company in Japan that actually makes like a series of robots, um, that people were kind of identifying with and they were showing that like, you know, the elderly were really attached to this robot because it kind of did things um you know with like elderly mentally disabled um people that most people don't really have the patience or time to do and yeah. the fact that these robots were kind of interacting with them people were more or less looking forward to seeing the you know to seeing them and interacting with them but i always think for a younger generation like long-term relationships with mechanical beings especially like the way we have technology now you know where people like adult adults play mass amounts of uh, hours and video games you know i'm definitely oh, yeah. i'm definitely guilty of that uh, <laughs> as well as uh you know as well as how much time we spend on our phones and how much time we spend just interacting with each other but not with each other in person it almost seems like we're alienating ourselves and the idea of a sex robot even though i can see it From like a, you know, from a self-esteem standpoint and everything else, maybe that might kind of help a person kind of break out of their bubble a little bit. Maybe give them a little bit of confidence, you know, it's like, hey, I'm doing something right, I'm doing something good. But then at the same time, that same kind of behavior is alienating them from other people. That
1: alienate, yeah. Yeah. That whole thing brings to mind two actual movies, and one of them was uh, Cherry 2000.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember Cherry 2000.
1: Uh, Cherry 2000 with with Meg Griffin about, you know, the guy was so in love with his sex robot that when she broke down, he had to travel across into the wasteland to go find, you know, the replacement memory chip for her so she could function again. Yeah. And then there was the one with Bruce Willis that came out just a few years ago. Uh, and it, it the movie's not called Avatar, but it was about people who had – robotic avatars that they use to interact in real life. So they,
0: oh, yeah, would, yeah. Um, they
1: would stay plugged into their beds or their avatar beds and their robot would their, their Android or whatever with them plugged into it would walk around and, and actually do the job or, yeah. you know, and get, yeah, and
0: yeah, yeah, I think it was called surrogates.
1: Yeah. Surrogates. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, if we get to that point, yeah. our society is in serious trouble.
0: Oh, yeah, big time. because And it's funny, too, because that's the same kind of communication just kind of propelled to a different like kind of technology. It's yeah. like using an avatar is essentially like using, um, you know, just communicating phone to phone. Like, oh, hey, hold yeah. on a second. Let me IM you. And then you, your robot walks yeah. over there and what goes over to the guy's house and then has dinner with him. <laughs> it's like, like an extended FaceTime almost. It's like kind of ridiculous.
1: And one thing that that I know it's going to do, one thing that that our current, the way things are currently going, because it's happening now in our our current technology, and the more advanced it gets, the more serious this problem is going to be. And I, I posted something on Facebook that a lot of people were, you know, like cheering, and some people were like thinking it was weird, but it was about the fact that the anonymity of the Internet gives people the ability to literally be dicks or literally be evil yeah i mean these online you can be you know you can can claim to be whatever you want and nobody unless they have elite hacking skills will be able to prove that it's not the case and you know these people do things that claim that they you know they 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 pick names that represent some evil concept or they claim that they've done some evil thing. And, you know, you can't. I I literally want to find one of these people and take them and show them what true evil in real life really is. You know, in a specific fashion that I posted on Facebook, I'm not going to say it here. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, and and just it's. It's only that kind of thing is only going to get worse.
0: Oh yeah, no, no doubt. Especially, especially when it comes to like you know cyberbullying and everything. Yeah, it's it's kind of amazing that um, that a lot. I almost seems like a lot of people are kind of using it as kind of an outlet for their own personal frustrations and personal insecurities. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah. why would you go out of your way to make other people feel bad just for the sake of making yourself feel good? It's kind of it almost like demeans the idea of you know self worth and everything else. You know, even for the person that's yeah. putting the other people down. And the thing that also puzzles me too is that how do typed out words and typed out like you know slander force a person to even go as far as killing themselves? Which blows my mind. But it, it also, it. Oh. But, it, but it also says a lot about you know the state of the person. Um, yeah. I mean, how and, and how much further, you know, technology is kind of alienating people to the point where they're so lonely and so depressed that all it takes is this one guy saying, hey, fuck you. You look stupid in that dress. And then she just fucking out, outright kills herself. And it's just it's kind of messed up, you know, and
1: and, you know, and I know that there are some people who are they're going to feel remorseful and they're going to feel bad about it. And all Oh, that. yeah but there are people who don't and won't. I mean, I've, I've, I've encountered the kind of cyberbullying people that you're talking about online. And I've asked them, why do you do this? And there were, cause I legit want to know the, the mentality behind it so that, you know, I never a come, you know, end up with that mentality and B that I know how to protect myself and my friends from that mentality. And it's, the answer is usually because I can or because there's no one to stop me are usually the two answers. It's like, yeah, because I can. And it's just, it's,
0: yeah, I think and it's funny too, because like, yeah, I mean, that's why, I mean, some people will do that, you know, some people do have that, you know, at heart evil mentality especially like yeah. children you know children are going to be the ones who are going to want that outlet the most you know it's like if you can remember back to being a kid i remember getting picked on quite a bit only because oh, of yeah. two friends i had and and it was messed up that they were even getting made fun of for whatever unknown reason but then of course once we get to high school mm-hmm we're bigger than those guys like
1: being different i always it, really I, and i
0: always kind of welcomed the the hate speech at that point because like i remember i never got messed with in high school because people thought it was scary as fuck which i'm not i'm like, i'm like one of the nicest guys, <laughs> guys over me but um yeah. but at the same time uh it, it's funny because you know just the turnaround of people but online, there's no boundary like that. You know, you're not really, no, conf- there isn't. You're, you're never confronted. and It's one of those things, like, like in Jane's Silent Bob Strike Back, you know, where they go online and they start, like, telling everybody to fuck off, that they're gonna show up at their house and beat the fuck yeah. out of them and shit. <laughs> like, it, the idea of, I mean, being able to do that would be, like, very, you know, I, I guess it would be, uh, you, you know, very I satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would be
1: hilarious. I think it would be I think it would be hilarious. Okay, you know, granted, I'm not espousing anybody go out and commit a crime. No, no, no. at but, all. But, you, know, <laughs> you know, showing up at somebody's house and letting them know, yeah, go ahead, say it to my face right now. Go ahead, do that. Say it to my face, where's your anonymity now, bitch? Yeah, and watch shit. them go, uh, 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 uh I'm going to call the cops if you don't leave. That's right, hide behind the cops. On the internet, you don't hide behind the cops, do you? You spout your mouth off.
0: Yeah, no doubt.
1: <laughs> you know, I would just love to see that kind of interaction and just have, you know, but I know that, unfortunately, you can't you can't give people that kind of idea and power all at the same time, because there are those people who will invariably take it too far, and somebody will enter the door and get their butt kicked.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: No
0: <laughs> now, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on this. I don't know if you've seen any of these movies yet, but... Um, the big monster film thing is starting to kind of come back. Um, of course, a continuation of J.J. J. Abrams' um, Cloverfield series is going to be coming out in the form of a German or like a Nazi Germany film, uh, which should be I kind of interesting. I did not
1: see Cloverfield.
0: Yeah, Cloverfield. If. Any fan of like big monster movies and stuff, as far as a movie goes, it's innovative in a sense, because it kind of takes the weird Blair Witch spin on everything, but at the same time, it's also probably the dumbest movie you'll ever see, because it's, it's essentially like a weird,
1: Sidney's yeah, falling it, it, apart it, it,
0: love story with a monster in the background.
1: <laughs> yeah, what I saw of it was, it basically, the whole movie was a bunch of people on Taking video on their cell phones and. Yeah, pretty oh, okay. much. Okay, yeah, that's it's, clever and all. It's all stitched and, together
0: and bullshit like that, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, but the one monster movie that I've seen recently that I adored and I loved the tie in at the end was Kong Skull Island.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah I was actually getting to that, that too.
1: but rocked. That movie rocked. And yeah. the fact that they tied it in to other kaiju. Like Godzilla and yep. Gamera and Mothra, and it'd be like if they put together a Kong versus Godzilla movie with our current technology and the uh, movie making oh, chops be... that they used for Kong Skull Island.
0: It should be amazing. Yeah. would be yeah. brilliant. And I think the other thing to point out too is that um, in Skull Island and in the Godzilla remake, I mean, both fil- both films were made by Legendary Pictures, so we have that going for yep. us. They both feature the same um, the same menace, you know. They both fight the same monster in a sense, like the Motu that Godzilla fights in, or the MUTO uh, that Godzilla fights um, in the remake is very similar to the monster that uh, Kong fights in Skull Island.
1: Actually, it is. That is yeah. true. I, I didn't think about that until just now.
0: And it's it's kind of it's kind of crazy too, because like when you see what's happened on Skull Island, I mean, they're just Tons of them everywhere, you know, it's not that they're yeah. just one, there's like multiples, and, and the fact that Kong is, the, yeah, the last of his kind, which is kind of sad in a sense, but, and that almost makes you think, well, is he gonna beat Godzilla in the fight, or or are they just gonna go their separate ways after destroying everything, I mean...
1: I don't know, but it'll be entertaining to find out. Yeah, and
0: I know in later series, Godzilla has always been viewed as being the protector. Because like, he's protecting the the, the
1: Earth from yeah. all
0: these other monsters. And um,
1: Well, it, not, not all of them. Not okay, all I've, of them, no. I, I'm a big Godzilla fan. The first Godzilla movie oh, was, was about Godzilla coming to Japan and wrecking the place. Yeah. And they had to come up with a way to beat him. And yeah. then... Yeah. Uh, other Godzilla movies were other monsters coming to Japan and Godzilla showing up and beating them yeah but one of the, the, the one of the things that they've kind of tied in in recent Godzilla films is the fact that not that that Godzilla is almost as much of an enemy as the monsters because, yeah. uh, that come because even though he's protecting Japan he's also wrecking the place and you know, we we need to keep all the monsters away from Japan. Is what they're doing.
0: Yeah, he's kind of a dick and, in that sense, or she's. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like just shows up, and just destroys everything. It's almost like Godzilla just wakes up, and you know, is you know, so pissed off. He got out of bed, and he's like, "I don't want to deal with today." He just starts knocking shit over and just blowing through everything. He's like, "I don't want to go to work," and he just starts fucking throwing fireballs everywhere, and just destroying everything, and.
1: Uh, well, it's it's because the monster that came to Japan knocked his coffee over. Pretty much, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: That's why he goes after the monster in Japan, because, well, you, you, dude, you knocked my coffee over. Nah. But uh, actually, I just watched, and because I watched Kong, I got into a Godzilla kick. So okay. <laughs> I started watching recent Godzilla movies from back end, starting in like 2002, uh, up and current. And the most current one is called, uh, in Japanese, it's Shin Godzilla, or yeah. uh, the, the English is uh, Godzilla Resurgent. Yep. And this one is more along the lines of the first Godzilla movie about Godzilla oh, yeah. coming to Japan and wrecking the place. It, but they did it in such a beautifully different way than oh, yeah. any other Godzilla movie that's out there, yeah, that, which is...
0: Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go
1: ahead. They, they turned it into it's not so much or it's about the monster it's about godzilla but it's more about what the people do about godzilla i mean it's the the movie starts with the government realizing that something's happening and now you have a bunch of government meetings and then they show the monster and then you have more government yeah. meetings what are we going to do then you have the monster then you have more government meetings and oh no the united states is getting involved and then other countries are getting involved yeah. and you know and it it's 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 Honestly, it's I watched the movie and by the end I was like, yeah, I believe that is honestly what would happen in that situation. The how the government responds, how the United States tries to take over. Yeah. <laughs> and I know for uh, I,
0: and I know for digital effects and everything, because they use some practical and some digital.
1: Um, yeah, it the, was really the, cool.
0: The effects team that did Shin Godzilla also did uh, Attack on Titan, uh, the, the oh, live action version. Yeah, it was the same group, and that was kind of. And I know that was more or less Toho's um, answer to the God, the Legendary Godzilla remake. It was like, well, hey, we made a motherfucker, so here we go. <laughs> and uh, and apparently, I think the Shin Godzilla's Godzilla is the biggest Godzilla in the series. As far as uh, size. that
1: could so, be, yeah. That as far could as be. Size. I I'll, I just I thought it was a beautifully done movie. It yeah. is really, yeah. what I thought.
0: Um, another it one, was
1: beautifully done.
0: Another one too that came out last year that actually looked really funny. It was an indie film uh, called Colossal. It was a, a comedy about this girl that um she kind of moves back to her hometown and oh yeah
1: yeah 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 she, yeah with um
0: yeah and then all of a sudden oh, like oh. a giant monster just kind of appears but she controls it. With, yes, you know and it's kind of funny <laughs> half Hathaway. yeah, exactly yeah
1: yeah, I haven't seen that one yet, but I, I did want to take a look at it.
0: it looks it looks so funny. <laughs> it's like because it, it's kind of a good comedic spin on that kind of whole that kind of series yeah. too, and that's one thing I always wait for too because it's not necessarily a spoof, but it kind of is um, well,
1: it's actually an anime concept come to a real life movie.
0: Yeah, exactly. But
1: that that whole concept in anime has been around for you know some person all of a sudden being able to remote control a robot has been around for you know since anime has been around.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it definitely it definitely looks really funny. But uh, going back to what we were what was originally mentioned earlier on, because I know it's going to seem to our fans that we're very Star Trek centric on the show, but yeah. um, but the Orville dude, that. That that show looks so fucking fun. Which one? And the Oroville.
1: The Oroville looks good. yes. Yeah. The Oroville really looks good. Actually, speaking of going back to old school stuff like Star Trek, and I'm not going Star Trek here. I'm I'm going one of its competitors. Oh. I just rewatched the original Space 1999 two season series completely through the whole thing, and I you know Star Trek was was cool and all, and it it was very, what would you say, culturally sensitive to the issues of the day and portrayed them on the screen. Space 1999 in the 70s was not. It was a very brutal and dark sci-fi series. Um, I mean, every episode, somebody dies. I mean, literally, (laughs) somebody dies every episode. And almost every single episode the entire moon is about to be destroyed. I mean, it is
0: just... So, so and, it's basically like The Walking Dead of, like, space uh, oh, survival just, films or shows. It is,
1: it is one... Every episode... And this is back when there were, like, 24 episodes in a season. So there's, like, 48 episodes of... Murder. Death and destruction <laughs> in Space 1999. And, it, and it women up. in miniskirts. And that no, out. actually not. I'm actually looking
0: I'm looking at a picture right now of some chick in a miniskirt kicking
1: some dude. <laughs> that may have been the shapeshifter chick that they brought in on the second season.
0: She kind of looks uh, like she's related to Eddie Munster. <laughs> it was kinda, yeah. That would funny. be
1: that would be uh her name is uh, her last name. Oh, shoot. I can't think of her name now. And I
0: know, like, uh, I know, I know, like, uh, modern fans will look at this woman and think, yeah, that's not a mini skirt. That's fucking, no. No, that was a mini skirt back in the day.
1: <laughs> it was but like... a lot of, uh, mostly, the female characters wore the same clothes that the men wore, basically, for the most part. There were a couple of characters where they didn't, there were a few episodes yeah. where they definitely definitely pushed the uh nineteen seventies uh censors yeah. for TV back then by wearing the the uh the Uber bikinis that were popular back then that you would only see on the beaches and you wouldn't see on TV. <laughs> um, oh god but they it, were in the show.
0: Yeah there's even this uh, I'm looking at this other uh clip it's actually from uh uh, uh blog of Geekery. Um there's a picture from an old from an episode, I think it's episode twenty four. Where it's like a, uh, it's like a kind of like, it looks like they're in a cave and there's like this table out in the, you know, kind of out in the cave and all these people are sitting around it, but they're all skeletons. <laughs> Could yeah. you imagine them oh, staying yeah. there that long to that oh, yeah. become skeletons? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Uh,
1: well, you'd have to watch the episode to know what happened and I'm not oh, going to yeah. spoil it for anybody for downloading it. But <laughs> I watched it and it was brilliant. And then I happened to start, you know, looking up information on it and. There's a independent company who acquired the rights to space 1999 that wants to do a space 2099 to go back to that and bring that forward. And I think that would be a really neat thing to do because the concept of space 1999 wasn't a spaceship traveling space. Uh, and explorers going out to learn about it. It's like, no, a nuclear explosion was large enough on the moon to knock it out of Earth's orbit and send it spinning off into space. And the people that were on the moon base station now had to survive traveling through unknown space at uh, near light speed uh, levels and get thrown through wormholes, get uh, teleported uh, through cosmic anomalies, into other planetary orbits through, you know, they, they, they come up against, at the time, which were black a black hole, which was being called a black sun. Hmm. So they, they it was interesting to see that scientific fact of the black sun before it became popularly known as a black hole. And so, there, I mean, the whole, and it, it basically it was pretty much, everywhere they went, it was, we need to find a planet to settle on or we have to uh stop the moon from being destroyed by whatever spatial anomaly. <laughs>
0: That's so crazy. So
1: and yeah, it, it, it's I, very very cool I, and I, I highly recommend anybody watching it for the 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 uh, the back to the past factor because at, it was very cool.
0: At least for the cheese factor anyway. I mean, come on. I mean, like yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying go out and watch the show ironically, because that would make you a hipster, No, but,
1: no. <laughs> but at the no. same time. I mean, it's, you, you I, don't watch Doctor Who 1964 for uh, the seriousness of the show. You know, you, you want to
0: hear something super funny, too, is I used to have these toys, and I didn't know what they were from.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking at pictures of this stuff. Because like, when I pulled, up, um, pulled this up on Google, I yeah. recognized the ship automatically. I'm like, dude, I've seen that. And then yep. I've had those toys. I've actually... Yeah, the, the, they were
1: popular in the 70s. They really were.
0: Yeah, the like, like the dude in the um, in the orange spacesuit. I had him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I totally had yeah. that character. And, uh, <laughs> and you know what the
1: cool thing about Space 1999 is? Huh. It is not an American production. Wow. It was British, even though it had American actors in it. Mm. It actually had a lot of Russian actors in it. It had American actors. It had a... Stra- a an Australian actor. I mean, it was more multicultural than Star Trek was by far.
0: Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you, yeah, you didn't see, you saw some variety in Star Trek, but you didn't really see yeah. a lot. Like, it wasn't a ton. And I loved some of these outfits, too. I was actually just kind of. Even though, like, the monsters kind of... Like, these weird space Oh, monsters the monsters? Look,
1: the, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, the they look kind of ball, but...
0: <laughs> it, it, to me, they actually remind me of some... The, something from the live-action Guyver films.
1: <laughs> you know, like the... Well, like the know, more reminded me of the Lost in Space monster rubber suits. Yeah, them to too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> God, Lost in Space. That, that could be its own show right there, Lost in Space. Yes, yeah,
1: well, it was, I liked the movie remake of it. I, I did really think that that was brilliant too.
0: Yeah. yeah, it wasn't too bad. I was actually surprised because it was the first time I'd ever seen Matt LeBlanc not being dumb. Was like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know I I mean I obviously it's an act but still you yeah. know it's like wow he's a good actor.
1: <laughs> was like You know and it, I was that was one thing I was really sad about cuz that was his opportunity to break into being an action star. Yeah. And it didn't go anywhere.
0: Oh, I know. Yeah, and you never know how shit's going to go in Hollywood, you know. Yeah. It's like some of the most like out there casts, you know, like I remember like watching like watching uh Doctor Who with Matt Smith and seeing right. um and seeing Karen Gillen in that show and I'm like thinking, Okay, you know, she's gorgeous, she's yeah, this and that. But I was sad because at the same time I don't I didn't think I was gonna see her outside of that show and then all of a sudden she landed a series I think it was on C B S or A B C and then she got put in the Guardians movies as Nebula. Yeah, and then so. the
1: Guardians she's done a couple of other things too. She's yeah. done some voice work. Yeah. And she's in another movie that you don't realize it's her, but it is. Huh. Uh, and I can't think of the name of it uh, right at the moment. But oh. she's, uh, she's I want to say, so far, the only Doctor Who companion. Oh, she's in the new Jumanji. Outside of Great Britain and become more than uh, a, just a British actor and yeah. been on big screen for uh, uh america and uh you know like that i don't think that there's been another one
0: uh, i know um god what's her name uh billy piper's kind of trying to do she was in that um see, uh, what was it uh secret confessions of a call girl or something like that
1: yeah but that was a british show oh was that it made it outside yeah oh, that was a british show want
0: and i know yeah. she was also in uh, penny dreadful too which was kind of
1: neat i uh, uh, I don't know much about Penny Dreadful. I saw the series, but I also want to say that was a British production, but it was popular in the states.
0: Yeah, it's like it's hard to tell because I know it was. Um, I know it was created for uh, Showtime, and yeah, uh, I mean, as a horror series, is a really good replacement for Dexter. But I was really sad to see it only go- went like three seasons, which yeah. <laughs> you know was a bummer. But. At the same time, you know, it's like eh, yeah. the creators had something specific in mind, and that's as far as they wanted to go. So, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah.
1: So yeah, it, it, it's very cool. It'll be interesting to see if uh, the gal after.
0: Uh, oh, the one who's uh, who plays Bill Sarah Gillian. Uh, the, not the, the,
1: Bill. No, not the one who plays Bill. Oh, um, the one who played um, Clara. Claire, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what she does, because she did something while she was working on Doctor Who as well, Um, and so there was uh, some buzz about that, but it'll be interesting to see if she goes outside of Hmm. the British realm into, you know, the big screen, or
0: I think she would transition pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, she's, I mean, she's extremely good-looking she's a really good actress you know she you can't just kind of antiquate her down to looks i mean she's performance-wise she's really good i haven't really seen a lot of british television shows where their cast wasn't amazing you know like most of the time they usually end up picking really good casts um doctor who is one of those uh, shows where like i tune in because i'm like extremely passionate about every character they have even the even the bad guys you know, like with the most recent um, series um, or the series is, you know, where the where the master had changed turned into Missy and yeah. um, and all the different. I thought that campaigns. was neat,
1: actually. Yeah. Huh? I thought that was neat. actually. Oh, yeah. I also liked that towards the end, they did something that uh, they'd only done with the doctor before, which was have the doctor show up. Uh, as multiple incarnations of itself in the same episode. Yeah. It did that with the Master and Missy, spoiler alert. Yeah.
0: Um, that, yeah, that was in the most I recent season. I thought that season. was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, if, you guys have, if anybody out there hasn't seen the current season of Doctor Who, watch it. We're not going to explain a whole lot more into it other than yeah. what's been making news on Twitter, you know, via social media and everything else, is the fact that the new Doctor is going to be played by a woman
1: that and something else that i thought was really cool because the act and i gotta say it even though it's kind of a spoiler the actor that is going to do it is looks so much like the original actor um whose name is escaping me now
0: oh from Uh, the oh you mean the one from the christmas episode
1: yeah william hartnell oh
0: yeah um, he he, he, yeah he's pretty was the original
1: the guy who played in, uh, and it's cool to see that another uh, Hogwarts alum has made it to Doctor yeah. Who, yeah. but the guy who played the uh, the groundskeeper, uh, uh, Filch, Mr. Yeah. Filch, he's going to play the, uh, the first Doctor meeting Capaldi. Peter Capaldi's Doctor character in the Christmas episode. Which and they super already nice. introduced yeah. him in the last episode of this last season, so it's going to be, and he looks so much like William Hartnell, it's, it's just, it's amazing. And I remember
0: coming up to this, cool. and I remember coming up to the end of this series, too, um, you know, like, we only have the Christmas episode left this year, and yeah. then we'll get a new season next year, but I, I when I, cause I always had the idea that they were going to be replacing Capaldi with, uh, with a woman. And I was always unsure in who they were going to do it with, because like, there's a huge, and I mean huge, list of actresses who could totally pull it off. The fact that they picked Jodie Whittaker uh, from Broadchurch was a fucking great pick. I thought that was awesome.
1: There was, I don't know anything about her, but one of the rumors that popped up about who they were going to pick for a female doctor, I so wanted it to happen. It, it, if they were going to pick a female doctor, I wanted this actress to do it, and that was Tilda Swinton.
0: Oh, I and know that would have been think so cool. I she would have
1: been freaking phenomenal as the doctor because everything she has been in, she just does a fantastic job.
0: Oh, I know. Like um, one of the first because I haven't seen a whole lot of older films with her in it, but one of the first movies I ever saw her with with her in it it actually brings to mind another BBC series Orphan Black that also has its season uh, finale this week um, is the movie Techno Lust um that Tilda was in about the multiple clones and their different lives and everything else Oh I
1: haven't seen that And
0: that it was a re, it was a really good indie film uh, for its time It was a really cool sci-fi concept as well because the fact that some of these some of these um you know these sames you know all the people you know all these clones will mm-hmm. eventually meet each other at some point it's kind of a fascinating idea because like what are they really going to think of each other when they see it and yeah. you know like it kind of goes in with that idea of like meeting you know meeting your doppelganger or meeting some, or meeting you in a different dimension or you know yeah it, it, and it's it's a really neat you know it's a really neat take on that because all of these versions of tilda swinton's character all have very passionate and fulfilling lives. And it's really neat to kind of see how that all comes together at the end of that film. But
1: I, I um, think I'll have to check that out. But
0: yeah, it is an older film. Uh, not like super old, but I think no, it came out. No, that's okay. I, I think mean, it came out late 90s, early 2000s, but it was an indie film. It was really
1: cool. The first thing I saw Tilda Swinton in that I can remember was... Uh, the Constantine movie.
0: I loved her as Gabriel and Constantine. That yeah, was so yeah cool. as the
1: as the half angel. Yeah.
0: And the the, the thing that really gets me too, because I remember like the one of my friends actually bitched about that. They were like, "Why why is she Gabriel the archangel?" I was like, "Because angels aren't sexed
1: in a yeah. sense.
0: They're they're a neutral sex. Well, in a sense, I mean, they oh.
1: are so that's one of the things that 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 gets to me about the fact that you know a lot of the a lot of the sci-fi shows, uh, and even even uh, comedy shows like um, um, Kevin Smith's one that he yeah. did, um, you know, proclaimed that the angels basically were sexless, and it's like that's not true. They actually all got into trouble for having sex with humans and creating the nephilim. So it's like this concept of them being sexless that's been proliferated. I'm like where did this come from?
0: I don't I know mean, exactly, did... but it's always been kind of like a thing. Like I've always thought yeah. of that as being a, a weird thing, but I, but I love, I love the fact that Tilton Swinton was playing that character specifically yeah. just for her acting ability. And the fact that she is kind of, <laughs> you know, like she could, she could be either or like, yeah, as
1: far as like, she her. can play an androgynous character very, oh, very well. Oh yeah. Though, so, once you see her dressed up,
0: oh yeah, she's as a woman
1: and and definite. Oh, you know that she's a woman. What? Oh man, when she's not when she's not going out of her way to be androgynous, yeah, oh, yeah, definite, yeah. You know, I it, yeah, she'd be on my, my freebie list totally. <laughs> uh, whereupon sure I'd get a restraining order. I'm certain. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but
0: what are you doing he, on my property again? <laughs>
1: You're on my freebie list. Anyway. Um, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you mentioned a concept about meeting yourself, you know, clone wise and whatnot. And yeah. uh, I, I wanna bring up this last this last bit for okay. because again, it's an it's another older movie and it's mixing genres, but it is a sci-fi movie. And it was a Jet Lee movie called yep. The One. Oh yeah. And it was, you know, basically the concept is Uh, One of the dimensions, uh, dimensional Earths figured out how to cross dimensions, and one of the agents that they formed, that one of the police that they formed an agency to help make sure that, you know, dimensional, dimensional integrity and dimensional, you know, since there are now Earths that can communicate dimensionally as part of the, the whole show concept. Um, they have cops for it now. He figures out that if he kills himself across dimensions, he basically becomes a superhuman being. Oh, and yeah. so he basically goes off and starts killing himself across the, the I think it was like 238 dimensions or whatnot, uh, until he gets to the last one of himself across the 238 dimensions, who has also been experiencing the the energy differential between all of the dimensions and getting super strong himself and he doesn't understand it and his earth hasn't made that dimensional connection yet. No so they and it it was it was a martial arts movie where Jet Lee basically had to fight himself in a superhuman format. So it basically legitimately takes the old kung fu theater jumping on wire stuff and made it look very cool with the technology with a very somewhat sound uh, sci-fi theory, and I thought that was very cool.
0: Yeah, I know, like the idea of um, of kind of. I was almost going to bring that up too uh, when it comes to like you know when it comes to either clones or um, alternate yeah. universes and everything else. And it, that movie itself was really cool because it kind of takes the. It takes the whole Highlander concept to a different, you know, in a different direction. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. you can only have one immortal. Well, in this sense, you can only have, you know, like if one of you exists, it's going to, you know, it's going to make that one, you know, being like a super being in a sense. And,
1: yeah. And And, and I you, mean, if you take it, if you take it a step further, uh, any offspring that that one person has after wiping out all of his other dimensional selves, they're also going to be a superpowered being because there can't be more than one of them. So all yeah. of the energy that is divided dimensionally is only going to go to that one being. So,
0: hmm. yeah. All right. The neat concept. It is. Well, I think
1: we've had a good episode today.
0: Hell yeah! Um, this has been a good convo, and I we probably should do these a little bit more frequently next or you know in the near future. Um, oh yeah.
1: But, I know last week was kind of a cluster of the fuckers so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know we've been um yeah, we've been kind of on this uh weird Kind of unbalanced schedule at the moment, um, yeah. but you'll see a new episode. Or you know, this is of course will be dropping the same week it's recorded. Um, whereas all the horror episodes have been pre-recorded, so those will yeah. those will all kind of take place at you know different random times. But but yeah, hell yeah! Thanks for having me on, and
1: um, yeah, thanks for being on, and uh, let's let's do this again, yeah. And next week, uh, hopefully, we'll have an actual uh we'll we'll have another theme concept, and we can go in depth on on some subject theme or movie and uh though I like the general flow of this one, this was very cool
0: oh yeah, big time um all right, so just as a general plug um tune in for our next episode of the horror show we're gonna be and if you don't know which one's the horror show, it's the one that's just marked episode number <laughs> um, it's it's our main show we've done over a hundred of them uh so we're and we're you know, continue to go. Uh, our next episode is actually about the prequel to the modern day version of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series, um, entitled Leatherface. Uh, we'll go into that as um, well as our favorite Leatherfaces from uh, previous ep- or previous iterations of the series, um, favorite death scenes, stuff like that, um, as well as uh, you know. Continue to follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, um, and we also have a Patreon page. Um, you can, if you'd like, uh, if you love our shows and would like to contribute, you can donate as little as a dollar. Um, as far as the dollar is a month is concerned, that goes towards, you know, upgrading equipment, you know, allowing us to be able to um, deliver more quality shows and maybe even bring on um, people we can interview. Uh, which is something I want to start getting into here pretty soon. So I expect to hear see more of that in the near future. Um, ha- having Debbie Brown on uh, the last two weeks was uh, was actually pretty fun. So, yep, that was cool. Yeah. So we we were hoping to do more of that uh, again here pretty soon. But yeah, Patreon.com forward slash Rotten Radio, and yeah, that's it for me.
1: I'm not a horror guy. Never have been. Nope. Generally, don't watch horror. And I have to say that every time I hear about Leatherface, I really think about some kinky BDSM show.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's. I think it would. God, that'd be like some weird um, underground thing. Like, it'd it'd be like it'd be happening in Bulgaria somewhere. Some kind of crazy fetish show where people kind of dance around and like, um, or women dancing around and like flesh-made bikinis or something strange.
1: Mistress Diamonds, down home by you dungeon. Come on in, y'all are welcome.
0: <laughs> I like to think it would be Podunk like that, too. <laughs> even even in like a country like Bulgaria or something, or like a Yugoslavia or some weird place, you
1: know. <laughs> All right, that was cool.